0: CFM Market Update with Moneywe. Thanks, Greg. Almost five minutes after six o'clock. Hilton Tarrant with you on the market update this evening. A reminder of our SMS line 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701 with the keyword market. Any share or investment-related questions or comments, uh, you're welcome to send those through this evening. And we'll get to uh, a few of those before half past six with our market watcher, David Shapiro. Before that, though, as always, Google it from Fupi has your business news.
1: Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Angler Gold Ashanti, the world's third largest producer of the metal, is resuming Normal operations after its Mboning mine was shut for more than a week after a worker was killed and two others injured in a groundfall accident. SAB Miller plans to boost beer sales by between seven and nine percent a year by slashing prices using more local grains and cheaper packaging and negotiating better tax terms with governments. SAB Miller, which is the world's second largest brewer, plans to invest close to four billion rand a year outside of South Africa and open two new breweries on the continent in each of the next three years, with countries such as Ghana, Nigeria, Mozambique and Zambia already being the likely targets for expansion. And the White House has proposed a budget that sharply trims the U.S. deficit over three years by forcing millionaires to pay more in taxes and enacting spending cuts. President Barack Obama's fiscal twenty fourteen budget blueprint ensures that those making more than one million US dollars a year would have to pay at least thirty percent of their income in taxes. Turning to the markets now, the JCO Share Index has returned to positive territory up by one point three percent today at thirty nine thousand and seventy points. The range at eight eighty nine to the US dollar, thirteen fifty nine to the pound and eleven sixty one against the euro. Gold trading at one thousand five hundred and sixty nine dollars an ounce A barrel of crude oil at $106 and the platinum price at $1,530 an ounce.
0: Thanks, Gugu. Almost seven minutes after six, David Shapiro of Sassfin, our market watcher, as always. David, as Gugu says, market uh, returning to positive territory, Mm -hmm. jumping today, 39,070 points, up almost 1.5%, almost across the board,
2: save for gold shares. Yeah, and the reason that gold is down, uh, gold's been downgraded, I see, by Goldman Sachs, lowering their target prices or forecast price. In fact, platinum and gold came down quite sharply today, but platinum shares held up. So um, I think that was one of the reasons. But... Behind the, uh, the surge in, um, you know, on the resource sector was, uh, buying of, of iron ore companies. Uh, they've been oversold and I think, uh, you know, we're already seeing a number of analysts coming out there and, uh, um, recommending shares like Billiton simply on, uh, the fact that it's been just, just oversold. So Billiton very strong, but the big performers were Assor, I think African Rainbow Minerals, Kumba, which are all iron ore producers. Um, and Sassel uh, also had a pretty good day. So uh, generally a good day there. But unlike yesterday, where financials and industrials underperformed, industrials were very strong. There's a lot happening there. I think also what triggered uh, strong buying, besides um, you know besides the fact that global markets were up, uh, incredible results out of Mr. Price or mm. a, a, a trading update that no one expected, plus 20% for the year.
0: We'll dig into that in just a bit. I see Investec uh,
2: has upgraded Cumba Iron Ore Xoro, as well as Anglo American from hold to buy. So mm. that's one of those. I think it's on price. It's on price, Hilton. It's not. I don't think the outlook has changed. In fact, mm. the more we read, the more we see caution with the iron ore price. But I think that the market's over overreacted and is uh, you know is expecting a plunge. We had Chinese import numbers. Meets, you know it's their buying. Uh, which were better than expected uh, um, uh, this morning out of China, just showing that they're still there. And, you know, that also propped up um, uh, mining, co- mining companies.
0: Mr. Price,
2: uh, earnings will be at least
0: 20% higher for the full year. You say it was a surprise, but if you dig back mm. to the first half, first half profits up 35%. Mm. So for earnings not mm. to have been up more mm. than 20%, they would have had to completely collapse mm. in the second half.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, but still, um, I, I think that the uh, analysts were expecting the absolute worst in the second half. I know they were up. We have to digest the results, but also you've got a um, pick and pay came out with their mm-hmm. trading update as well, and they showed a much better second half uh, earnings, and that's one of the reasons. Their um, headline earnings are expected to be down between 25 35%. Um, but if you if you dig into them and and, uh, and they show you the second half, you'll work out that um, I think the second half mm. was far far better than than I don't say the mark was expecting, but but the uh, first half. So overall, I think pick and pay picked up about one percent against results which you thought would actually send them. Well, as left. you as mm. you say, if
0: you, if you mm. do the first half second half split out mm. at, at the half year. Earnings were down 36%. Mm. They're looking for somewhere between 25 and 35, which, which means, means 14, they were probably 50, about yeah. 14, 15 mm. lower in the second mm. half, which is not that bad. Turnover up 60, uh, 6.3%. At a comparable store uh, level 3%, and they have given their sales growth. Uh, Sales growth in the first half was 5.9%, sales growth Mm. in the second half, 8.2%. So you can Mm. see that coming through. Interestingly, uh, I I, I laughed. Uh, I saw a tweet from Mark Hassenfuss. He called it, uh, he he, he linked to the results uh, that were put
2: up by Pick and Pay, or at least the guidance, and he called it pick and pray. Pick and pray. You know, Hilton, I'm still skeptical. If um, I, I'm not sure, one would buy them at these levels, even on the basis of of these results. I think um, the reason is that that the other retailers are not just going to bend down and allow mm. pick and pay to recapture a lot of lost ground. I think there's going to be a strong fight back. We're already seeing it. Most interestingly, the one share that we haven't followed for a long time, in fact, that has captured my interest, has been Massmart. It broke through. Um, in, in over 200 today, and I don't know, you've got the 52 week highs, it's certainly a 52 week high for not according to this. What's a 52 week? High? No 52 week <laughs> there are no 52 <laughs> have week a, highs, well, <laughs> so we'll look them up. Have a, have a look there, but I think that, um, um, you know, they break through a level today which I think we haven't seen for a long time. It's uh, I can't remember pick and pay at, uh, sorry, mass market at. at, at at these levels. So slowly creeping up um you know to, to just breaking into new territory. Just having a look at uh, where
0: the share ended today, two hundred Rand and eighty nine cents. Uh, it's fifty two week high. You're right, David.
2: Yeah, I see. You're and I right. haven't got a computer. fifty two <laughs> week high previously was one hundred and ninety six Rand so yeah. so right through yeah. that. And that's you know, from a chart point of view, it's broken through any kind of resistance. And it's a clean break, and it's been working it through. It's not though it's just shot up there. So it looks very interesting.
0: One of the smaller stocks, uh, penny stocks on the JSC, African Dawn, uh, Af <laughs> There There's, there's somewhat <laughs> of a resurrection there happening, David. They're, they're resurrecting as an investment holding company. Mm. Chart Kruger, ex-Afrox, uh, okay. is involved. Mac van der Remember Mac van der Ma- <laughs> uh, He listed something called Valmac Engineering, Spicer Mitchell in <laughs> the 80s. Spicer Mitchell,
2: I remember, mm. but I was his. can't remember these. But African Dawn was it was a low-cost housing finance company, if I remember. Mm. Which Some microfinance. Uh, yeah, yeah, One uh, of those. So it's it's being uh, rebranded as if okay. <laughs> there's there's lots of room. You know, we heard, we saw yesterday with Alan Gray and and buying into small caps. There's lots of room for these caps. <laughs> Who knows? They might take the whole company out. David, we were looking
0: uh, we were looking out for the U.S. Federal Reserve minutes, and mm-hmm. uh, they were released a couple of hours ago, earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. Someone emailed someone on Congress yeah. Hill, and they suddenly had to release these mm-hmm. minutes, uh, given that they had. Uh, the fact, embargo had been broken Officials still very divided About quantitative easing And well, when this is going to end
2: The the outcome is that uh, They said if the job numbers keep Improving, which they didn't So obviously these minutes were before we saw Last Friday's job numbers They said then uh, you know, One should start or consider easing back on quantitative easing. But uh, I think today's big story in the U.S. is the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, President Obama released his budget, uh, you know, plans to cut, as Gugu said, you know, plans to, to cut the deficit over a few years and that. But, of course, uh, John Boehner and Eric Cantor, um, you know, Eric Cantor, the leader of the House, um, uh, Republican leader They came out with a very chilly response So here we go again and I, think, I think business leaders there Or businessmen are just getting you know, So angry and so annoyed With this, uh, uh, these, these, this political posturing They've got money They want to invest They want to know where they are And this thing just seems to drag on And on and on Despite uh, uh, you know, despite the election, so uh, you know the show continues. Except that S and P, I think, are trading now at another all-time mm. high. It's got to hold these levels. So the previous all-time high, I think, was fifteen seventy. It's uh, the last I looked was fifteen seventy five. So you know, U.S. markets pumping along. S A F M Market Update with Moneyweb. Well, the Khaw train
0: which launched its Pretoria to Johannesburg service in August of 2011 is seeing commuter demand increase rapidly. Weekday passenger trips now number very close to the 50,000 a day mark. at 60% more than a year ago. Errol Braithwaite is General Manager for Operator, the Bombella Concession Company. Errol, not all good news. Those trains in the mornings absolutely jam-packed coming into Santon, Rosebank Park Station, especially around 7 o'clock.
3: You're quite right, Hilton. Um, you know, obviously we're delighted with the increase in ridership, um, but it does come uh, with a few problems. Uh, as you correctly say, it's put immense amount of strain uh, on the, uh, the capacity that we, have, that we have available. And one of the factors that uh, complicates life to some extent is that um, our peaks so during the morning and afternoon are extremely, uh, extremely steep, And then during midday, uh, the the ridership, the demand uh, is much lower, so plenty of spare capacity during midday. And the other problem overlaid on that, of course, um, is that uh, the the ridership is is very skewed. So in the morning peak, we've got a huge demand coming southwards uh, from Schwanee towards Johannesburg and uh, plenty of spare capacity going northwards. Uh, And then, of course, in in the afternoon, the pattern reverses itself. So these are challenges that, that we're faced with. Of course, we, we're very delighted to have the challenge of, of uh, heavy demand as opposed to the reverse. Um, but there are a few things that we need to do. Uh, you know, obviously, we've already, uh, on several different occasions, put uh, additional trains into the system. Uh, we can only do that, um, I think, once or twice more, uh, and then we will have run out of, of rolling stock capacity during peak periods. Uh, And also, we begin to run into situations where uh, we can't run trains uh, at closer frequencies Mm -hmm. uh, because of of constraints in the signaling system. And, of course, as you go further south in the system, uh, we've got a single tunnel between Santon, uh, Rosebank, and Park Station. And all of those trains have to pass each other at at Rosebank Station. So the sort of things that we're going to be doing going forward, uh, apart from, of course, looking at... um, uh, possibly purchasing additional uh, train sets and upgrading signaling systems and perhaps even uh, building a second tunnel, uh, is, is looking to try and manage the Ryasha pattern to some extent as well. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for instance, one of the things that we hope to be implementing before long uh, is uh, an incentive uh, fair to encourage people to travel during the off-peak times. Uh, this is something that's, that's very common around the world, uh, and we hope to, to implement that before very long.
0: One of the criticisms on specifically the airport link is is that cut off uh, at 8:30 in the evenings. Obviously, the system only starts at 5:30 in the mornings, which means that it's uh, pretty impossible to catch an aeroplane uh, any time before seven o'clock in the morning. And you've got to make sure that you're you're back uh, in good time, uh, given that flight delays might uh, leave you stranded at our Tambo. Are there plans to to extend that any time soon?
3: Certainly there are, and we're thinking very hard about the ways to do that efficiently. Obviously, I suppose the easiest and the default solution is we'll just run it until 11 o'clock at night and start at 4 in the morning. Um, but, of course, that would invoke quite a heavy uh, cost investment because, you know, it's additional shift times, um, you know, longer train operations, which means more train maintenance, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's probably a longer-term solution. What is likely to be a shorter-term solution, and is something that that we're considering uh, carefully at the moment, is we think that we can run the train service uh, just a half an hour earlier and half an hour later uh, in the morning and in the evening, and we think that that will will help a lot of folk who are, you know, catching, for instance, a 6 o'clock flight back from Cape Town. It will then make uh, catching the train for them, uh, you know, a, a lot less stressful because then they'll be comfortable that they'll be able to catch the train, even if the plane's a bit late. I'll tell you what what one of the concerns is, however, that in order to do that, we'd have to remove one of the standby trains that we normally keep uh, at the airport, and we'd have to press that into service. And what that means is that if we do have some sort of uh, service aberration or or disruption, uh, that we don't have a standby train to insert, and, and it could result in fairly significant delays. You know, you'll appreciate we've got quite a skeletal system at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, single uh, sort of alignments going in, in different directions, and that means if you've got a problem, uh, let's say on the north-south line at Midrand, uh, it might be a very localized problem, but it infects the entire, it, it affects the entire north-south line. So, you know, we need to think about these sort of considerations quite carefully as well.
0: Errol, just to close off with this, as you say, this is a public system and there is an, uh, an annual subsidy from the Khateng government given that the system is currently not breaking even. You're sitting at that 50,000 passenger a day mark. At what point does uh, the Khateng stop making money?
3: Hilton, um, it's a little bit more complex than that. Um, there seems to be this perception uh, in the public domain at the moment that uh, the Train should be profitable in its own right and it should be profitable... Imminently. Mm. I think, you know, one needs to have a slightly broader perspective of these things. The train is a public transport service, uh, very much like Praza or or Metrobus or the BRT system, and in some ways also like the local school that my children go to and the hospital and the road to my house and the local sewerage works. Now, all of those amenities are installed not to make profits but to enable society to function efficiently. Uh, You cannot build big cities and you cannot grow economies without efficient uh, and well-run and cost-effectively run public transport systems. Now, the truth of the matter is that for public transport systems to become self-financing is very, very difficult to do. Uh, I saw a recent study that that looked at 50 different uh, public uh, transport train projects around the world, ranging from North America to Europe to, to the Far East. Out of those 50, only six were cash positive when they compared Fairbox with operating costs. Six out of 50. Mm. Zero out of 50 covered uh, capital cost as well. That's the reality of, uh, of these sort of projects, okay? That's not to say that they shouldn't be built, because as I say, they are a catalyst and a lever for the greater economy. You can't grow big cities without efficient public transport. I mean, you can imagine... If uh, just because london uh, the the tube in London uh, only covered fifty percent of its of its operating costs through the fare box, that now someone takes a decision to shut it down. I mean, it's ludicrous. it would result in absolute chaos in London, and London would shut down, and the local economy and the and the regional economy would very quickly follow. So you know I think uh, you know to answer your question frankly, I think you and I taxpayer need to just make peace with the fact that we're going to be subsidising the heart train. Uh, and <laughs> many other public public uh, amenities mm. for a long time to come. Uh, we do it because uh, we're busy building a nation, and, and that's the way it is.
0: That's General Manager of the Bombella Concession Company, the operator of the Train, Errol Braithwaite. David, he makes a very, very mm. good point.
2: I, I think we could all live with that. I, I don't think anybody would ever challenge that. And uh, um, our wish is that he actually extends it in, into other areas, and that... Uh, you know, Joburg for once in its in its history gets a proper transport system.
0: Well, uh, there is a full podcast. It runs to about 12 minutes, uh, and that will be on today overnight. Uh, a lot more discussed about the Gha train in that full podcast. We spoke about uh, the bus service, 20,000 people a day, David. Out of the 48,000 uh, that use the train, use yeah. the buses, we spoke about the parking system. They're actually running out of parking mm-hmm. uh, at specific stations. They are looking to uh, to build additional
2: mm-hmm. stations. Well, look, it was designed for that, and Mm. and and, thank goodness that's working. And of course, it's it's probably peak. You know, there are certain areas that are uh, congested; others remain. Uh, you know, pretty stiff, pretty dim But, um, but You know, I, I'm so glad that it's actually Taken off, I just used to see these buses Riding around empty and so, you know, the poor Bus drivers just go up and down the whole day But I'm glad there are times when they're actually Doing their work.
0: Well that full interview Is also available on our MoneyWeb Talk And MoneyWeb Now apps uh, as of Now, so you can uh, Have a listen to that uh, on both of those apps available for iPhone, iPad, as well as Android and BlackBerry devices. 23 and a half minutes after 6 o'clock, well, 21 months after FNB launched its banking app for smartphones, the first in South Africa, APSA has launched its own app, missing its self-imposed and revised deadline of the first quarter of 2013 by just 10 days. Its app is currently available for iOS and Android devices. And APSA promises it will be ready for BlackBerry within the next eight weeks uh, Adrian from Merton rather Head of Digital Channels and Payments at Absa Retail Bank joins us now Adrian Absa has 4 million cell phone Banking customers probably a million or two of those Have smartphones. They'll probably be saying it's uh, been worth The wait but they are asking And have been asking for a number Of months now what took you so long
4: uh, Hilton evening and to your listeners as well thanks very much yeah I think I think our customers have been really patient with us on the journey um, I think that that we knew we had a couple of big jobs in front of us we we needed to sort out our internet banking that it that it got to a stage where where our customers were telling us really listen it wasn't quite up to scratch and at the same time we had the biggest ATM network out there in the market with about nine thousand devices and that was also looking very aged. So when we looked about two and a half years ago at the roadmap, we said, you know what, if we sort out the internet, we're going to be able to build a lot of the capability which we would need in the app. Similarly, when we did some of the ATM stuff, we had some back-end work that we had to do which would again support the app. And the third factor was probably about a year ago, we had a look and said, you know what, Africa's looking really good. If we're going to build an app, uh, we've got a couple of small markets in Africa that won't support an app on on their own. We're going to have to include this app to cover the whole of Africa, and really that's what took us a while to get our customer but I think something um, that landed today which is which is really i want to say a, a one plus or two plus over what is available in the market today in terms of apps.
0: Adrian, a very interesting question, and in from one of our listeners, uh, one of our regular uh, readers of MoneyWeb, uh, asked me this afternoon. Conceptually, why an app? Uh, he said to me, "I can log into internet banking on my tablet. Why do I need an app? Why why the app route?"
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And one of the things we did while our <clears throat> while our customers um, were waiting for us to bring the app to market was we we optimised our internet banking um, for. For our customers, so that you could use a tablet and you could still get to internet banking, I think I think the app. Integrating into the native or the operating system of the app really means that we can start to integrate to the GPS. It means that we can start to access the um, the contacts within that book within uh, within your device, and that means now that we can really be much smarter in the services we offer. So some of the stuff we do, if you want to send a cash send or send some airtime to a to a friend, you don't need to create that person as a beneficiary because in most instances. That cell phone number and that person already exists within within your device within your smartphone and you just say "Hey I want to send money do you want to send it to a contact Yes, click on the contact you like and it just makes it a much simpler process so the app it is integrated, it gives us some new functionality, it's really rich in terms of usability, some of the things we can't do on the, on the Internet, and one's able to have a portion of the, of the functionality sitting in the app, not having to go up and down on the web all the time.
0: Adrian Werton is head of digital channels and payments at Absa Retail Bank. Uh, the bank today launching its Absa uh, banking app. Specific apps, separate apps for tablets, so you don't have to run those iPhone apps at, at double size. Also, an option to uh, to set your app to Afrikaans as a language choice. And he does tell me that uh, customers can expect updates uh, very frequently. Uh, they are talking about eight-week cycles, and they'll be rolling out these uh, updates in those eight-week cycles. SAFM Market Update with Money Web. Well, Arthur Goldstock of Worldwide Works joins us now. Arthur, it's not available for the biggest smartphone platform in the country. That's BlackBerry, and it's late. Not the best start for Appsa. That was a big surprise for me, that they hadn't actually come out first with a BlackBerry app, or at least at the same time as Android and uh, iPhone, because, as you well know, those are two of the smaller smartphone platforms in South Africa, aside from Windows Phone. BlackBerry uh, dominates. Nokia, although on aren't all smartphones, Symbian is huge. So if you want to reach the uh, target market that APSA reaches in this country, you would certainly want to be very heavily focused on both uh, BlackBerry and Symbian. And I was astonished to find that uh, that was the second phase. Certainly, as far as BlackBerry is concerned, uh, Symbian isn't given on the uh, roadmap That's Arthur Goldstock there, Managing Director of Worldwide Works David, interesting, we, we spoke this afternoon And Arthur, I asked him whether or not uh, The apps will be a competitive differentiator Between the different banks And he says, in the long term, probably not It's more about what the bank can give you The mm. app is just simply mm. a channel
2: Yeah, I would imagine so I don't think you're going to change your bank Simply because of an app and I'm one of those who uses it on my tablet. But I can understand now. I didn't know that you could just pay your contacts. You know, That's something I don't really want to do. David, question <laughs> in
0: just before the end of the show. Question in from a final year student who's saved up. Asks, is it better to buy a property ETF and rent property or should they buy property?
2: <laughs> that's a tricky one to answer in ten seconds. Should we, should we chat about it tomorrow? Night? Yeah, that's very interesting. In that I've I've got certain views about what you should do. I'm a big saver. I believe in saving. Uh, in other words, even though you're buying a house or a property, I believe in uh, you know the, the sooner you start saving, the sooner you build your portfolio, the better. Okay. But it's a, it's a good something we can talk about it. Yeah.